resume. And uh, so I'm going to call uh, Rick McIver uh, back to the uh, platform, the interim leader of the Progressive Conservative Party. We welcome him back to the platform. And uh, the microphone's over there. I hope you will go there, give your name, and uh, be somewhat brief, and, uh, and then go back to your seat as uh, he deals with the question. So, Rick. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I, I was also to remind you that next week, uh, the topic is, can biochar applications become commercial opportunities? That's bi biochar. And the speaker is Don Hatfield, an engineer, and uh, uh, brings a lot of competence in the area of biochar. So <clears throat> if you're not sure what biochar is, then you really better be here next week. Okay. Hi, Rick. Hi. Uh, I'm Bev Mindel Atherstone. Mindel Atherstone. Bev, okay. On? I don't know. Hello, hello. I'm so electric, I blew out the mic. Um, thank you so much for coming here and speaking to us. So it sounds a little bit hollow to come and speak about um, consultation and listening to Albertans when during the past PC government, the so-called consultation on healthcare was an exercise in telling us what you were going to do. Um, when, the, when the PCs decided to choose the Little Bow to close the Little Bow um, Continuing Care Facility in Carmengay, the people did speak and they told the PC government not to close the healthcare facility because the people there were so fragile with dementia that they would die. But the PC government did not listen. The patients that were moved Many of the patients that were moved did die, some of them just within weeks of being moved. This is how you listen. So I'm wondering um, why, after 44 years of the PCs, couldn't you, when you were in government, take care of the problems that you're now condemning the NDP for and expecting them to solve within one year? Thank you. Okay, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, you know what? And uh, on the technical level, I don't know why the little bow was closed. But I will say this. Uh, we got some stuff wrong. We got thrown out of government for a reason. We didn't always listen as well as we should have, ma'am. And, and that may well be one example where, the, where that's the case. Um, I, I can tell you there's other, other times when we did. I know that it will... It, Admittedly, it took uh, longer than it ought to have, but an another example was the Michener Center where there's people there that had lived there 50, 60 years that we were going to close, and it took us way too long to decide to not close it. We finally did listen, but in my opinion, we took way too long to come to the right conclusion there. And you may well be uh, pointing at something where we, we got it wrong. So our job now in opposition is to learn from, and I tried to address that in my remarks, we need to uh, remember 
and try to repeat the things that we'd done well in the past. And we need to remember and try not to repeat the things that we did poorly in the past. And you may well have just pointed at one. Thank you. Hi. <clears throat> Hi, my name is Lloyd Healy. I was talking to a, an old friend the other day, and he mentioned that Bill 36 is supposed to be rescinded by the government. And he's saying the implications of this are that there's a lot of controversy when it came in, but one of the benefits was that any government permit or license or whatever had to be compensated for if stuff was taken away. And if they rescind it now, then there has to be no compensation given. Uh, I was wondering if you could comment on this and the implications on business and um, farmers and, and businesses in Alberta, if this comes to be true, such that, say, Transalta has to close their plants, would they not have to be given compensation? Thanks. No, thank you for that. Uh, and you know what, Bill 36 uh, was, uh, in my estimation, it was before I was in government, but I'm going to take, take uh, you know, responsibility for this as the uh, current party leader. Is, is I think it was one of the, a series of bills that were put in in a hurry. Government gets in, a, in trouble when they uh, put, do things in a hurry. Uh, the uh, past government, when they were trying to get uh, approval for a uh, power lines, uh, uh, power line trunks. There was a scandal. I don't remember all the details about some private eye was hired and he was listening to people's phone calls or something. And there was there was something bad happened. And uh, in in my uh, estimation, what the government of the day should have done was uh, fire the people responsible and get back to the uh, what I think was a pretty credible. Um, uh, regulatory uh, hearing process, uh, but do it without the nonsense that they, that was caught and 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 hold people accountable that were involved in it. But the government of the day decided uh, they thought they would build more public confidence if they blew up the whole system and tried to rebuild it. And then, of course, then they found themselves what they were a little behind the eight ball in getting the power lines approved. And in my opinion, though I wasn't there, so you can take it with a bit of a grain of salt, but you asked me, so I'm going to give you the best answer I can. In my opinion, the government hurried with three or four pieces of legislation. And in some of those pieces of legislation, including Bill 6, uh, the public was left to believe that the government wasn't respecting their, their property rights. Uh, and while I don't even know of a single case where anybody had their property taken away, that's not an excuse to pass legislation where somebody could have their property taken away. Uh, and I think Bill 36 was amended to uh, correct several of the uh, original shortcomings in the legislation, but uh, but the uh, again I don't think anybody's property was taken away, but I, th I think it was a piece of legislation that the government essentially admitted was flawed because they amended it themselves, um, and and there it is. A mistake was made. It was attempted to be corrected, and if you say and it wasn't done right first the first time, I agree with you, sir. My name is Frank Toth. Uh, I'm known as the guru on royalties, Mr. McIver. Uh oh, I'm over my head then, but go ahead, sir. <laughs> uh, anyway, I, I just wonder if you know the rate of royalties we are getting now. I have four auditors' reports, and I had the privilege of talking to our ex Auditor General, Mr. Lund, a gentleman that was forced out of office because he was cut, his budget was cut periodically, and he was an honest man, and I asked him if he's gonna write his book, and he said, 
I don't know who you are, but you keep asking me these tremendous questions. I appreciate them, but uh, uh, my, my fellow workers behind me will give you the answers. Do you know what royalties we're getting right now? No. Why? Uh, well, my understanding is it's it's a bit complex, and and, uh, and no, no. Listen, I'm, I'm just telling you, I don't know why because I don't think it's entirely straight. I don't think we're getting much royalties right now. It's got it's uh, it's it's really low compared to what it has been. Uh, but but there's uh, uh, there's some some formulas in there that I do not have memorized, sir. And uh, I I don't think I think the last thing I'm going to do when I'm talking to an expert with audited reports in his hands is uh, is uh, try to match wits with an expert on a particular subject matter when I'm more of a generalist and I don't have those uh, audit reports in my hands. So I'd rather learn from you. I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that, sir. But the problems that you are now relating to us that the present government is doing is all the doing of the PC government for the last 45 years, and well, that you cannot deny. Well, well, I've well, been watching it since the Abrahart days. For, for Frank, you've asked your question. Okay, well, respectfully, Impressive. Mr. Toth, I would say the current government actually endorsed our royalty system because they did a royalty review, and the the uh, though we asked them not to do it, and, and when they did it, we asked them to do it in a hurry. They took several months doing it, bringing uncertainty to the industry and driving billions of dollars of investment out, and who knows how many thousands of jobs. And then their result and their conclusion was the royalty system that our government had in place was pretty good, and they're going to leave it mostly as it was. So while I won't say it was perfect, the current government actually endorsed our royalty r regime. No, the next questioner, please, Frank. Do you know if the provincial federal government is still subsidizing the oil companies because we are getting pretzels and royalties? Or do you know if we're still subsidizing the, the oil companies provincially and federally? Thank you, Frank. Uh, I, I hope not. I, I know that they pay royalties. I know that there is uh, some royalty holidays that are in place. Uh, a lot of them are expiring. Uh, some people would call those royalty holidays uh, subsidies. Other people would call them incent incentives to develop the resource and employ more people and pay more taxes. So it, it kind of depends upon what your definition of, uh, of a subsidy is. And, and there's probably several different definitions of subsidies in the room. Okay, folks, just for the record, I'm with the guru. I'm on his side. I take his word for it. He's because uh, he, I'm not a guru. Yes. Uh, Thanks for coming out here, and uh, you make a fairly good campaign speech. Um, <laughs> well, good. Every speech is a campaign speech, sir. It helps. I, I collected 400 signatures to keep the care center open in Carmagee. The technical problems with the shutdown was somewhat complicated because a half a year before it was 100% operational and it was in good shape. That was before the election. Two months after the election, it was not functional anymore. It seemed like it was more a political breakdown than a mechanical breakdown. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, my name is Mary Shillington. Thanks, Rick, for coming today. Uh, I. I, uh, too, am concerned about our deficit uh, and, and that we need to have some plans, and, and hopefully that will happen soon. But I, I was listening to your comment about how our, our municipal taxes are going to go up, 
So I just thought I'd give you a little piece of information mm -hmm. from our house tax that might be interesting for you. Uh, the, the last year that your government was in, in power, we paid uh, $84 extra over, over and above what it had been the previous year. This year, we're paying only $57 more mm -hmm. than what it was last year. So I can appreciate that that might change over the next while, but just for your piece of information, I'd like your comment on that. I think you should uh, vote for whoever you voted for last time in your municipal council if they're looking after the dollars that well. That's my comment. Um, and, and, but the fact that it doesn't change the fact, and I didn't make this up, folks, that when your municipal taxes will go up due to the carbon tax, it's what the AUMA says, it's what the AAMDNC says, and it's what I've heard uh, hundreds of municipal councillors and mayors and reeves from across the province say almost universally. So, but... But if you got a lower bill from your municipality, I would consider voting for the same person you voted for last time. Uh, Knut Peterson is my name. Uh, thanks for coming down, Rick, and being so timely. Uh, <laughs> seldom. Uh, don't we don't have tell my wife that, that I was on time, for God's sakes. <laughs> Rick, uh, we spoke at the table, and I missed the first part of it, but we spoke about uniting the right. And uh, I wonder if you could uh, give, you, give, uh, give your thoughts to the audience uh, where that might go. Okay, this is a long story, but I'm going to try to keep it reasonable short. Uh, everybody would have a different opinion of what the right is, but I think a, a common opinion on that is, is uh, if we were to bring together the PC party and the Walrose party as one party. Uh, and you know what, the, my biggest problem with the discussions on that so far has been, it's all been about numbers. There's four of us, there's two of them, let's take them in the alley and beat the hell out of them. And, and I think Albertans deserve a better discussion than that. First of all, I'm not sure that if two parties were gonna come together, that all the members of each party and all the supporters would, would come together. It depends, but you know why? Because there's no discussion about the principles, the values, and the policies of that party. That's the discussion I'm waiting for and looking for. Albertans uh, beating somebody, having more numbers to beat them in the alley is, I think Albertans deserve a lot better than that. Plus there's no guarantee the members will come. What's to stop the disgruntled PC members from starting another party? What's, what's to stop the disgruntled member from the other party from starting another party and having three parties on the right? Unless you actually have a bigger discussion about values, policies, and beliefs that are, that are in line with Alberta's, then I think you're not really uniting anything except some grab for political power. Now, all of us, including me, who are in politics, want to grab political power. And I don't have any trouble admitting I want to grab political power. I don't think there's a single elected person that doesn't want to grab political power. The thing is, if you're going to be successful at grabbing that power, it's about doing it right. It's about doing it in a way that's good for Albertans. And in a way that's good for Albertans is talking about values, principles, ideas, and policies that are in Alberta's best interest in uniting under those values, principles, policies, and ideals. That's something I'm interested in getting involved in, not just four against two and beating them in the alley. And, and, and I'm waiting for that better discussion. Thank you. My name is Serge Manko. Uh, you live in Calgary, do you? Yes, sir. Uh, the PC government has forced my company out of business, and I've been trying to get to view the court files. And the first time I went in to view the court files, uh, I filled out the application, and uh, <coughs> they said, well, 
they'll call me and they did in a couple of weeks and I went up there and they said they had them all and uh, the only thing they gave me was the form I filled out and they said that's all they had the second time I went uh, did the same thing they called me they said they got my files they gave me about three inches of loose files and that wasn't there's got to be boxes and boxes of files so the third time I went there was uh, they said they had the files and they did have a file box they had about a third full and the file box didn't have my company name on it it didn't have the file number on it so they just threw in a bunch of shit that can we can we have the question okay the question is would you be able to help me out to get to view my files i would try if the government truly put your company out of business, then I'm not saying they didn't. Uh, probably either the government did something wrong or your company did something wrong, and I'm well, not making any judgments. All I'm saying is if you want my help to try to yeah. to get information so you can sort this out, I'll be happy to. That's actually okay. about, that's what you pay me for. That's I, I'd be that. willing to meet with you. Uh, I'll give you a card before day. I leave here today, and I'll make sure you okay. get my uh, direct contact information, sir. Okay. But just so you get firsthand knowledge, I wouldn't mind if you'd agree to meet with me at the courthouse up there when I do the filing and find out what they do when I go to check them out. Well, I can't agree with that because uh, I don't know what the schedule is. I'll, I'll if, if, uh, <laughs> if there's a time when it fits into my uh, schedule, then I, it's you, not that I'm not willing to, but uh, you're going to have to schedule that You You, you come me. up and talk to Rick about that later. Uh, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll be happy to Next try questioner. to help you sort this out. Hi, my name is Carol Sakia. Um, on one hand, I think perhaps it's good that the PCs are no longer the governing party because uh, the force to hindsight that you've expressed here today seems to have um, improved your vision uh, for this province from my personal perspective. Anyway, um, however, if you're uh, truly concerned and care about Albertans, and I just also want to say I'm a Canadian first and I'm an Albertan second. I'm just one of those weirdos. Um, but anyway, are you only concerned about the health and safety, the occupational health and safety of non-farm and ranch working Albertans? Or do you think maybe uh, the government should just get rid of OHS regulations for all Alberta workers, no, I regardless of industry? No, I'm concerned about the health and safety of all Alberta workers. And, and for those uh, that may not know, I actually spent a few months as the uh, Labour Minister, the Job Skills Training and Labour Minister in the Occupational Health and Safety. I was under my uh, uh, direction and, and workers' compensation and, and, and those things. No, farm and ranch workers need to be kept safe. Uh, the, the Bill 6 assumption is that farmers and ranchers are not keeping their employees safe. It's not true. And I'm sure there's somebody in the room that can point to some accident that happened on a farm or ranch where somebody wasn't looked after, and I'm sure you'll be right about that. But I can also point to 100 places where somebody was hurt on the job, on a factory, uh, in an office, uh, uh, in some other way, and they weren't looked after either because things don't always get looked after like they should. 
but 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 overall, farmers and ranchers look after their people. Most of them had insurance uh, or have, in, have had insurance for years. Not a because they care about people, but b selfishly because they don't want to lose their farm and the ranch if somebody gets hurt on there out of self-preservation. So so the the assumption that the Bill Six legislation makes is that far and, and the government actually had the courage, the minister, to say we are going to create a culture of safety. Well, I think after a hundred years of farming and ranching, most of those farms and ranchers had a pretty good culture of safety. Perfect? Probably not. But there's not a single workplace in Alberta that has a perfect culture of, of safety because people get hurt all the time at work. Um, it's David Osseen. Uh, is it David? My uh, d question is, uh, is uh, agriculture. First one be, um, it's on the assessment of farmland and it's uh, based on uh, productivity, and there's discussion about uh, uh, market value. Uh, so I would like that question. The second question is the linear assessment, and that would be, it deals with uh, pipeline and um, uh, electrical transportation, like uh, lines and stuff. So I know, I, I'm not sure what, uh, uh, like if you th look at the other counties, especially in areas where there's a lot of oil work within right here is Tabor, Newell, Cypress. So they have a lot of uh, uh, assessment on the lines. And then the other one probably in Vulcan, it would be uh, all the windmills you see. But if the money goes to the county, is it, are they going to make the decision that it's going to be uh, pr provincially, do the do money come back for the roads or the for that to assess the uh, the, uh, the the benefit they're getting to use that uh, those roads? Thank you. Well, thank you. Uh, that's uh, you will be interested to know. I hope you'll be happy to know, but I expect you'll be interested to know that I have asked the uh, government uh, minister, the premier, and the uh, municipal affairs minister in the house probably four to six times in the last six months about linear assessment and what they're going to do in the Municipal Government Act, and I get a different answer every time. Most recently, two days ago, sir, the day before yesterday, uh, I asked the Premier what they were going to do with linear assessment, and she gave a different answer than the other four previous different answers that her and the minister had, get, had gotten. And, and you don't have to take my word for it if you check with AUMA and AMDNC because they, they've had asked the minister what they're doing with the linear assessment, and they get a different answer every time. So I'm just not making this up. Uh, I don't know what they're going to do. Uh, what I do know uh, is that, and, and I knew uh, in the farmland assessment, I know that there's some unhappiness down here, some dissent with some uh, cattle ranchers because there's a $3 a head tax put on by the Lethbridge County or something on cattle, and, and, and uh, I don't know all of that, but I, don't, I know there's a variety of opinions on it. But I do know that the government has said before this session ends, they are going to introduce the legislation to change the Municipal Government Act, something I'm very interested in after being on uh, City Council for nine years. And they are not going to pass it before this session. They're going to have the whole summer for us all as Albertans to talk about it. So once that legislation actually hits the, hits the floor, I would love to have a conversation with this whole group or any of you again, because again, it's a, a great personal interest to me. It really affects Albertans. Uh, and uh, 
the government has been completely unclear about what they're going to do with any of that stuff. But I do know we're going to have our answer here. Uh, uh, the House is scheduled to stop sitting at the end of next week. So at the Thursday of next week, by Thursday of next week at 4.30, you and I should at least have the original answer. Uh, and But there will be an opportunity to try to amend the legislation before it gets passed this fall. So this that period between next Thursday and next fall, in this fall is a really important time for us to talk about this. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Uh, my name is Joseph Natuk, and I have, a, I have a whole series of questions that I'll ask you, the first one. And I, I, I want a clarification. I, I misunderstood your comment regarding the diversification. I got the impression that you're taking some credit for what Lesbridge is doing. Is that correct, or, or am I off to... Off I don't to take credit for any, what anybody's doing. Gov uh, diversification happens. Government's job is to get out of the way so people can diversify. Okay, that's that's good. That's all I wanted to hear. I, I was just wondering whether you. I got the impression that you're saying that you have some. Uh, you're you're going to take some credit for that. I'm well, sorry if I. I, I, I would hope that the diversification that took place during the time we were in government was because the government got out of, out of the way at least far enough for the diversification diversification to happen. But I don't think government should take credit for the diversification. Uh, Albertans and companies do that. Okay, then I gave the wrong impression in it. Hello, my name is Kimberly Lyle, and uh, full disclosure, uh, Rick, I thank you for coming. Um, I was a proud, proud PC person for a very long time. Uh, my political involvement began because I was excited about the PC party under Ralph Klein and the candidate we had here uh, in Leth Lethbridge West, and uh, spent a lot of good years with a lot of good people who are in this room uh, teaching me about politics and teaching me about wanting to be passionate about my province. Somewhere along the way, I lost faith in my party, and I became a wild roser. And the question that came earlier about uniting the right, I was a little frustrated in your answer. And the reason I'm frustrated is because there are a lot of the policies and values that are very similar. And there are a lot of us that are having conversations from both parties who we are friends. We do believe the same things. And we want some leadership. And we want to make this province great again. And we are also seeing people around us who are hurting in this community who are feeling like they're not being heard, they're not being listened to, and they weren't four years ago either. And so when you said, you know, the discussion is not just about numbers, absolutely right. The discussion has to be about core principles and values. And whoever leads this province moving forward has to be true to those values and let the people's needs be met. So. The question I guess I want to put before you is if that's what if that's what it takes to have those conversations, then please provide that leadership. Come to the table and say these are the discussions that have to happen. I guarantee you people will start having because they are having those conversations. And moving forward, I think the focus has to be on the people, not politics, not party building. A lot of us are tired of that. We want something better moving forward. And I just I'd like your response to that. No, no, we've got to be province building. Part of, you do party building through province building. When you build the province, people will help you build your party. Uh, and Kimberly, you are better to lead the discussion than me. What in my remarks, I tried to encourage you and everybody else that thinks this is important to lead the discussion. The last time the leaders of the party led, led the discussion, Jim Prentice invited Danielle Smith to cross the floor, and she did, and nobody liked it. Nobody was happy. 
uh, wild rosers were not happy, PC people were not happy, and people of other political stripes and people that don't belong to any party were not happy. No one was happy. So with all due respect, and I mean this in the most respectful way, you are more suited to lead the, le the, the uh, conversation than I am as the interim party leader because it needs to come from Albertans and it needs to be about building Alberta. And, 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 and I think we both just did agree it needs to be a value-based discussions about values and principles and policies that are good for Alberta. And I, and, and I will repeat my encouragement for those that want to have those discussions. I would love it if that happened. Oh, just as a quick follow-up question, can I ask then that whatever comes forward, the door stays open? I, my mind is open. My mind is open, uh, and, and I will say that, you know, during the last while, the members of the leadership of the party you belong to, uh, in one breath we're saying we want to join, and the next breath we're calling us criminals and liars and everything else in the House every day, and we did our best to ignore that, but that's not really how you ask somebody out on a date. You're a criminal, a liar, and a crook, but let's, be, but let's go on a date. Uh, I didn't, so consequently, I didn't think the invitation was very sincere. Pushing on the wrong note. Uh, we have time for one more quick question. If anyone wants to get there, that's a rare opportunity to talk to uh, uh, to Rick. <clears throat> but okay, Robert. Although I'll be happy to talk to anybody after, please. Sure. Rick McIver at assembly.ab.ca. This will be the last question. My name is Robert Smith. I'd like to get some clarification on deficits. Is it not reasonable to run a deficit when times are tough? And now I would say times are very tough. If you agree that deficits are reasonable sometimes, what exactly is your problem with the NDP's deficit? Could you spell it out? Yeah, no, thank you. I'm, I'm so happy you asked the question. Uh, I, could, I couldn't possibly say deficits aren't okay sometimes because our, our uh, government ran a number of deficits. Uh, but what's wrong with the way the NDP is doing it, and I'm happy you asked the question that way, is because they have no plan to pay it back, ever. Uh, and, and, and it's like we've asked them this in the House over and over and over again, so I'm pretty sure I'm right about what I'm saying here. They have absolutely no plan to pay it back and to, to even start paying it back until 2024. That's a problem. Uh, and when I talked about uh, in my remarks about how debt is a tool to use, be used prudently and carefully, you don't use it for operating. You don't, you don't use your credit card to buy the groceries, but you might uh, have to use it for longer-term things, but you have to pay it back in a period of time, and what you buy... With the, with the borrowed money has to last longer than the debt does, preferably at least twice as long. Uh, and and uh, what the NDP is doing is borrowing with no limits. In fact, they passed legislation that we fought against. They've taken all limits off the amount that they're, allowed, they're allowing themselves to borrow, and they have no plan to pay it back. That's my problem. Okay, uh, before we thank Rick, I want to let you know that uh, two weeks from today, Brian Jean will be speaking. So that's... Uh, another highlight of the spring. 